hello friends welcome to our new episode in today's episode i'm very excited to join by jeremy from thrive rescue jeremy co-founded thrive rescue in 2013 out of a desire to seek justice and hope return to those around the world jeremy has extensive experience in working with families youth and young adults in various capacities he currently serves as a chief development officer and as a executive board member 10 years ago he sold everything he had and started thrive rescue moved to thailand and opened homes for children that have been sexually trafficked and abused now he has established multiple homes in thailand soon uh, he will be opening homes in other nations as well uh, jeremy is passionate about advocating for survivors he also enjoys fishing and riding motorcycles jeremy it's so nice to speak with you uh thank you for your time thank you so much for having me come on i'm honored that you uh would have me on your show and uh and and contribute to cross global i love what you guys are doing over there and very excited about what god's doing in india awesome jeremy so my first question is so for the listeners basically is who is jeremy uh <laughs> <laughs> I am a simple man. Um I like fishing. I like riding my motorcycle. Um I like Legos. If you can believe that. <laughs> but uh but my passion is my passion is uh for pe- for God and for people and um and specifically uh children um to make the world a better place and to to get and rescue as many children as we can. Yeah. uh for being sexually trafficked and abused um that's where my heart is at and that's my passion and when i wake up every morning that's what's on my mind that's what's on my heart um yeah. when i go to bed at night that's what i'm usually thinking about is our okay. homes in thailand our children in thailand our staff in thailand and how can we do that in other nations and so uh that's who i am I, i'm not not a not a complicated guy um <laughs> I have, I'm married and I have uh, four children that I love dearly with all my heart. And, uh, and so um, that's who I am. (laughs) When you had this call uh, in your life that you wanted to move to Thailand permanently, when was that? Well, so after that conference, that was the end of my three month trip. And I, I, flew back to America and uh I was um I I felt when I was there I felt like my heart was connected with that city. Yeah. Um but I didn't know why. I didn't I didn't understand. So when I got back, I googled that city that I was in. Mm. And I I didn't go to the heart of the city. I stayed in a little like a little town next to the big city. So I didn't really explore too much. I was just at that conference and so uh when I got back to America I began to um just to research and like find out about that city. And what I found out was that on any given night there were 20 to 30,000 prostitutes out on wow. a, on any given night and wow. for me that was just I, that was incredible. I was like I had never heard of anything like that before and and then I found out it was one of the capitals of the world for sex trafficking. Wow. And um and 
I didn't even know what that was at the time. So I had to look that up and I, I, I was like shocked. Um, and then, uh, I found out that it was one of the capitals of the world for child sex trafficking. And when I found that out, I, I was pretty, um, it wasn't computing in my brain. I, I, I was, I, I was shocked. I just was, I, I was a loss for words. And uh, so I began to look for an organization there in that area that took in children 13 and under. Mm. And I couldn't find one. Um, uh, there, there were none there that specifically took care of kids that had been sexually trafficked and abused. And so um, when I couldn't find one, I was like, we have to start one. And mm. so that's how Thrive started. We started with one home. Um, and after uh, two years of being there and working with the police and the government social workers, uh, the police came to me and they, they pulled me aside and they said, um, they said, we've been watching you for the last two years. Wow. And I said, I thought we were friends. And they said, we are friends, but we've been watching you. We wanted to make sure that you really love the children, mm -hmm. that you were taking good care of them and that you weren't there just to make money off of the kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they said, we can see that you, you're not there just to make money off the kids. You do love the kids and you're taking very good care of them. And they said, in fact, you're taking, uh, you have the best aftercare homes that, that we've ever seen in Thailand. So from now on, they said, we're going to bring uh, all the kids that are 13 and under that have been sexually trafficked or abused mm -hmm. uh, to you. Okay. So we went from one home. Uh, to two homes okay. and then to three homes okay. and then to four homes. <laughs> and just recently uh, we moved, we combined everything. We moved into an 11 bedroom home on about an acre of land. Wow. And we don't, we don't own the land or the home, but we're, we're, uh, we're able to, to lease it. And, and um, it has, uh, it has, made a big difference. Our kids can play outside. They, they're safe. There's fruit trees. And so uh, there's a music wow. room in there that they can practice music in. And uh, it's just a great facility. And so, wow. um, so that's kind of the progression of our homes. And then as far as children, we've been able to reach a lot of children, hmm. children in our homes. I, I would say that the children that have stayed with us, we've had some come and then go, um, but I would say uh, if I had to take a guess at how many children we've, um, we've had it just in our homes has yeah. probably been, probably been close to 75, maybe wow. more. Okay. Wow. Now that doesn't sound like a lot, but, um, we are a long term care facility. Absolutely. So we don't have kids coming and going. Right. The kids that come in our home, actually, most of them stay there. And so, mm -hmm. um, so over the years, yeah. um, we've had kids, some kids go. We've been able to match some kids with their families. Um, and then, but altogether, we've been able to reach over, over 5,000 uh, children. And, wow. and if I had to add adults in, I would say we've probably reached between 75 hundred and uh ten thousand adults somewhere or i'm sorry children and adults all together yeah um yeah. because at, at one point we did a lot of outreaches we did some youth um 
uh, conferences a couple of years. We've gone into public schools there and we've taught about internet safety. And, wow. uh, and when we go into a school, they shut down the whole school and bring all the staff, all the oh. teachers, all the children out. And so we went to many schools where we were able wow. to, uh, to do that. And so wow. we were able to reach quite a few. And then we did, we've done, uh, we have a thing called a ton of rice where we give out uh, bags of rice um, mm -hmm. uh, once a month to help. Uh, to help people in the slums and just help people that, that need it, families that need it. So we've been able to reach quite a few people in Thailand. Who, whose story is so close to your heart in the children that you have supported so far? You know, every, every child that comes in is close to my heart because their stories are just crazy. Um, uh, I mean, there, yeah, every story of every child that we have is okay. um, touches your heart. And so for me, I, it's hard to just pick one. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I can share with you like one of our one of our first um, girls that came in our home. Um, she was her and her, her sibling were. Uh, living basically on their own in a little room. Uh, their mom had gone to another country. Their dad uh, was uh, a drug addict and an alcoholic and um, living, and he was a prostitute and he was living uh, away from the home. And, um, you know, they were in, and I can share these, some of these details because this is a long time ago and yeah, everybody's yeah. doing great now. And yeah. um, wow. it you know, so, but um, they were living by themselves in a little like seven by seven room, filthy, dirty, trash everywhere. Um, and the way they were surviving is they would bring snacks home from school to live on. Wow. And um, over the course of the, the few years that they were living like that, um, several different men came to the, their room and, um, and just, and raped the, the young girl. And so we found out that, so one day she was in school and she was sitting in class and she, she, um, she wet herself and she, she peed her pants and um, in the middle of class and the teacher looked at her and said, what's wrong with you? And she said, I'm broken inside. Mm -hmm. And so that's how they found out that she had been raped and, and and sold and things like that and so um the police got involved they brought her to us and one day uh we do all kinds of therapy with our kids i mean you know you were there yeah. with us we do art therapy play yeah. therapy music therapy yeah. um and so we had our our kids doing art therapy they're just painting and and um on canvas and so um this particular girl drew a cross okay. uh, and she drew a square around it. And so one of our, I forget if it was, um, it was one of our staff members, I think okay. said, Oh, that, that's a really pretty picture. You know, I like that cross that you, that you drew. Yeah. And she said, that's not a cross. Wow. And she said, Oh, well, what is it? And she said, that's a window. And she mm -hmm. said, Oh wow, that's a window. And she said, yeah, that's the window that I would stare out of 
when I was being raped. So mm. I didn't have to think about what was happening. Oh. And so every story is like that. I mean, I can't say that one is worse than the other one. They're all bad. They're all terrible stories. Like, you know, the, that particular girl was like eight or nine when that happened to her. Um, and I can't even imagine, like, I can't imagine being an eight or nine-year-old and somebody raping me, a man coming and rape. Like, I, I can't, like, I can't imagine how fearful I would be and how much pain I would be in. And, and yet our kids have gone through some of this stuff and they're still here. They're smiling, they're playing, but they're playing instruments. They're witnessing to their friends. They're witnessing to new girls that come in the home. Wow. They're, um, they're getting good grades in school. <laughs> and so wow. for me, like just, going through stuff like that oh. and then being seeing that the seeing how well they are today yeah. is amazing so that's just one story but i mean i, I can tell you stories yeah. all day long uh, of of <laughs> our children and, and what they've gone through but wow. I, I love focusing on the positive and and what god has done in their life yeah and um, and that's how we i i believe that's a major factor in why they do so well because we focus on the positive. We focus on the answer. We focus on, um, on being victorious and not being a victim. Right. And so, you know, do they go through things? Do they have to, do we have to deal with certain stuff that do we have to work with them through uh, trauma? Absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes they, they revisit or they get triggered and we have to work through that. Mm -hmm. um, but we challenge them. Uh, mm -hmm. to be leaders and to be victors and not victims. And so that makes all the difference in the world. Could you explain us uh, about the Justice School? Yes, absolutely. So uh, so the Justice School uh, was created because we, so Thrive needed a way to find volunteers that were mm -hmm. trained and that had experience, right? Um, at least a little bit. And so um, instead of doing internships, we started Thrive Justice School. And so when we started it, it was a five-week training course on anti-human trafficking. And so every week we would, we would visit a different aspect of human trafficking. So the first week was uh, uh, prevention, and then the second week was rescue, and then restoration, and then response and then re, uh, release and the response. So five weeks all together. And each week we would have class time. So we would have kind of like college classes where we, we'd have professionals come in. We'd have the FBI come in. We'd have a therapist, ther different therapists come in, child therapists. I would speak. Sometimes we'd have the police speak. Um, and so we have different professionals speak on those different subjects uh, as educators. And then we would, uh, because we were in Thailand, we would have hands-on training. So not only would we have classroom time and not, uh, you know, uh, uh, train our, and educate our students, but we would also go and do activities with our children in the homes. We would, uh, we would go to the slums and do outreach there. We would go to the, the red light district and do outreach there. We would go into the red light uh, 
what we would do at Thrive is we would watch the students mm. and we would, we would uh, over that five week period, we'd be able to watch the students and, and, you know, when they were jet lagged, when they were tired, when they were hungry, when they were, when the timing was off and everything wasn't going right. And we would watch who would get angry and who would be frustrated and which is normal, but we would also find the students that would rise up mm. and, and choose to be positive. And, and even when they were hungry or tired, or even when they were frustrated, they would choose to be positive and they would choose to, to lead. And, and, um, and those are the students that we would uh, kind of reach out to and say, if there was a, if there was a position open, we would say, Hey, we have this volunteer position open, or we have this a paid position open and we'd read reach out to them and, and, um, and do that. And then the other, the last but not least is we would have a Facebook group. And, um, and so anytime a job opening would op that we knew of that opened up either with us or with another organization, nonprofit, we would let our students know um, to help them go in the right direction. And, and if they wanted to start their own thing, we wanted to help them as well. And so that's what the justice school is all about. And uh, I was part of it. And I had the privilege of being there for five weeks and learned from FBI and the police and A21 and uh, other leading organizations and uh, how they respected Thrive. When I saw that, I was really amazed by um, how Thrive Rescue had a re reputation among the FBI. And because I haven't seen FBI in my life at all, right? I have <laughs> never seen an agent in my life at all. I've, oh, I've I've, I've grown up seeing James Bond movies. I've grown up seeing all those movies. And I, when I saw someone who works with the FBI in front of me, and I was sitting at the first row, I was blown away by all the work and the reputation that the Thrive Rescue has. And uh, I really want to thank you for that, Jeremy, because you're the one who... Uh, you know, help me get there and uh, be there for five weeks and learn from Thrive. Um, I keep telling some of my friends here that um, the five weeks that I spend uh, there, it, it's a seed on my heart to start something, what we are doing today. Hey, thank you so much for watching and listening to this episode. Please follow us for more content related to human trafficking. And please do share this with your friends. This means a world to us. This is a world to us.